Welcome to this week's podcast from Faith Christian Church. For more details, check out faithcc.com.au. We hope you enjoy this message. Tonight, you know, I've touched on this revelation uh, at one of our campuses before, but I just really feel uh, to linger on this tonight. I want to talk to you about the accent that our church has. And, and, you know, I think that our accent is something that we really need to focus on and be intentional about as we're coming into uh, December. And so I want to read to you from Matthew chapter 26, and uh, it's verse 69 to 75 in Matthew chapter 26. If you've got your Bible with you, open up to it. We're going to bring it up on the screens as well. But it's talking about when Peter disowns Jesus. And basically it picks up this account. Uh, Jesus had been arrested. He'd been betrayed by Judas. And uh, basically the Romans are trying to work out uh, what they're going to do with him and how they're going to basically uh, crucify him. Long story short. And here's this moment where Peter is kind of hanging around the vicinity uh, while all the actors happening and trying to see what's happening but really I think there's a bit of a fear of man complex going on we pick it up in verse 69 it says now Peter was sitting out in the courtyard and a servant girl came to him you also were with Jesus of Galilee she said but he denied it before them all I don't know what you're talking about he said then he went out to the gateway where another servant girl saw him and said to the people there this fellow was with Jesus of Nazareth. He denied it again with an oath. I don't know the man. After a little while, those standing there went up to Peter and said, surely you're one of them. Your accent gives you away. Then he began to call down curses and he swore to them all, I don't know the man. Immediately a rooster crowed. Then Peter remembered the word Jesus had spoken. Before the rooster crows, you will disown me three times. And he wept outside. He went outside and he wept bitterly. You know, I find this passage in verse 33 quite interesting where it says, surely you're one of them. Your accent gives you away. You know, um, I am the resident Victorian pastor here and uh, I have never lived in Adelaide, nor do I ever plan to live in Adelaide. In fact, I was saying to someone the other day, the best part about Adelaide is the road out of it. And uh, you know, one of the things that I've noticed about Adelaideans is the way that they speak is a little bit different. And I feel a mandate on my life as a faith Christian church pastor to be the pronunciation police. Now, some of them say us, but here in Victoria we say us. Isn't that right? Some of them say dance, but here in Victoria we say dance. They say castle, we say castle. They say graph, we say graph. You guys know what I'm talking about? Now, here's the thing. I'm not just a, 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 Melbourne, a Melbourneian uh, Victorian. I'm a country Victorian. And so the twang gets even more sharp, right? In fact, I think the further you go up uh, Australia, the worse it gets. You know, like even in Queensland, right? Their shoes turn into thongs, their t-shirts turn into singlets, and their pants turn into board shorts, and everything just becomes more slurred, like, how you going? (laughs) Um, But you know, I find the Australian uh, pronunciation of different words quite interesting, even like the way that we, we speak to each other, right? Like, what other country could this be completely different, right? You say, oh, do you want to come over here? And you're like, yeah, nah, nah, yeah. And then you could say in response to that, you could be like, yeah, nah, yeah, nah, nah. And it means something completely different. You guys know what I'm talking about? See, accents are interesting. Uh, you know, uh, I, uh, 
I've married an Argentinian. I've moved to the city. And, uh, you know, it's kind of like the Egyptians. They left Egypt, but Egypt had to leave them. And so I'm going on this journey of the Bogans slowly leaving me. <laughs> but can I just for a moment just tell you a bit of a story? Um, I remember I was 16. And I had to get surgery on my toe. Kind of gross, ingrown toenail. Uh, touch and go for a little bit. A little bit risky. But my life was in God's hands. And uh, I had the surgery. Got prayer, fasting, believing for God's provision, His hand of protection over my life. It was a risky surgery. But I survived, praise God. And I went for a checkup. And uh, here this man was. He's looking at, at this monstrosity of a thing. And he says, this is bad. you got to go to the immigrancy ward. I said, the immigrancy ward? I said, look, mate. <laughs> I'm embarrassed even telling this story. I said, the immigrancy ward? you got to understand something, friend. I mean, I know you might not be from around here, but I am fifth-generation convict. I was born here. <laughs> I have my citizenship. Uh, Melbourne, uh, born and raised. And, uh, you know... I don't need to go to the immigrancy ward. I'm good. And he's getting frustrated. He's going, no, you need to go to the immigrancy ward. I'm saying, I'm not an immigrant. I don't need to go to the immigrancy ward. He's going, yes, you do. You've got to go to the immigrancy ward right away. And I said, no, I don't. And he goes, look, he just gets up. He points out the window at a sign. He says, go there. So I, I get out. I look at, the, look at the sign. It says emergency ward. <laughs> I felt like the biggest idiot. I'm like, all right, I'm going to go to the emergency ward. But you know accents, if you haven't worked out tonight, is what I want to sit on. And I've titled my message tonight simply this, Supernatural Accent. You know, if you look at the definition of accents, it's quite a, a cool word. It talks about the prominence of a syllable within a word, and sometimes the word within a phrase. It talks about the differential loudness, or of pitch, or of length, or of a combination of these things in the way that you speak. The pattern or pitch inherent in a particular language essential to the identification of the general character of that language or the unique speech patterns, inflections, choice of words that identify a particular individual. The distinctive style or tone characteristics of someone's speech. And it says we could recognize someone immediately by their accent. You know, as a church, I think there needs to be a distinctive style or tone characteristic in the way that us members of Jesus Christ Church and Faith Christian Church, the way that we speak, there needs to be something differential about the way we speak from the rest of the world. And, uh, and this is what I want to look at tonight. What's our accent and what do we need to carry? Going into December, what are we going to have as our accent as a church? And if you take a note tonight, my first point is this. We could recognize someone by their accent. We can recognize someone by their accent. If you take your notes, write that down. You know, in verse 73, that passage I read, it says, after a little while, those standing there went up to Peter and said, surely you're one of them. Your accent gives you away. You know, they could tell Peter had spent time with Jesus because of his accent. He was trying to hide it. He was trying to hide back and, and kick back and just blend into the crowd. But simply by way of him spending time in proximity of Jesus' presence, people could tell there was something different about him. He stood out of the crowd. People could tell he'd spent time with Jesus. You know, we need to be recognizable by our 
accents. We need an accent of the supernatural, that when we speak, people listen and they go, I can't place what it is, but there's something different about you. They should be able to hear that there's, we're not like everybody else. In the way that we speak, the words that we say, the way that we carry ourselves, they should be able to hear it. You know, it reminds me... Uh, of a story uh, of a, a ship that was sailing in the North Sea off the, the coast of, I think, Germany and Denmark. And they hit a submerged object. And uh, this object tore open their hull and, uh, and they begin to sink. First mate gets on the radio, begins to put out a, a call for help. As much as, you know, he's like, please, someone, we're sinking, we're sinking, please come help me. And, uh, and he's putting out this call on the radio, just hoping in desperation that someone will get their cry for help and come and save them. Well, the, the German Coast Guard hears their, their call. And uh, I'm not past the map. My German accent's not that strong. I'll give it a go, though. German Coast Guard gets their call. Hello? No, let's try. Hello? That's better. Hello? Mayday, mayday, we're sinking. Hello? Mayday, we're sinking. Are you there? Can you hear me? Yes, uh, yes, we're sinking, please. Uh... What are you thinking about? <laughs> That's a dad joke. Sorry. And uh, I also find my accents always seem to end up becoming like they sound from Southeast Asia, right? <laughs> Just kind of like goes like this and then back into the... Um, <laughs> our accent should actually cause us as Christians to stand out. The people in your work know that you're Christian. Do people in your family know what you do on the weekends? When people ask what you, what you did last weekend, what do you say? Did you say, oh, I just chilled, did stuff around the house? Or did you say that you went to church? What, what does your accent actually represent? You know, Philippians 3.20 says, but our citizenship is in heaven, and we eagerly await a savior from there, the Lord Jesus Christ. You know, uh, one of the, the speakers we've had uh, come through at our church a few years ago, uh, Pastor Tim Ross, uh, and I remember having dinner with him one time right before he planted his church. His church is called Embassy City Church. And I said to him, like, Pastor Tim, what, can you tell me just around the thought process uh, with your naming of the church Embassy City? Oh, I'm really intrigued as to why he called it that. Begin to tell me about how, how this, this picture is painted by the word embassy where, where it's like, you know what, you're from another place, but the embassy is in another country, but it's not of that country. And so you, you walk into an embassy and all of a sudden you're actually connected to the place that embassy is part of. And it's like you could step out and all of a sudden you're in this country, but you step in and all of a sudden you're part of another country. And us as Christians, well, we're part of the nation that we call heaven. And so us as the church actually represent an embassy that when all of a sudden we gather together, we're not all of a sudden part of Melbourne, we're part of God's kingdom. And we gather together and it's the embassy of heaven. And so so when people are here and they're talking to us, they're actually talking to a representative of the kingdom of heaven. And so our, our, our accent should not be one of Melbourne. It should not be one of Australia. It should be one of heaven. You know, knowing we're citizens of another place means culturally we carry something different. It's not something we should keep to ourselves. It's not something we should try to hide or try to blend in. But we carry something different and we need to be okay with being different in the way that we speak. People are watching. People are trying to deduct what is it that's different and the way that we speak, the, the accent that we carry shows them what that is. You know, Sundays exist to worship God and grow us to a point where we can be recognized by our accent. People come and, and, and they say, oh, I'm, 
I'm not being fed. And then you go, well, do you read your Bible? Do you ever pray? Do you, do you ever actually engage in your Christian walk outside of a Sunday? And, and they go, oh, I know, but, but I'm not being fed on a Sunday. Is that what a Sunday is about? Or is it about us getting together, rubbing shoulders, having our faith stirred, being charged up, ready to go into the week and say, you know what? Because I've spent time in the presence of God, I can go into my week and have a different accent from everyone else around us. You know, I'm reminded of a few different accounts in the Bible that we read surrounding this where people carried a different accent from those in their people group. You, you look at young David, right? Here, here we've got Goliath, and he's trying to take on the Israelites, and they're all timid and scared. Here's this young guy, comes out of the pasture after spending time with God in the secret place out in the field, comes in and he's got boldness. Everyone else had timidity, everyone else had fear, but because he'd spent time in the presence of God, he carried an accent that reflected that. He carried an accent that said, hey, even when everyone else in my world is scared, even when everyone else in my world is pessimistic, I'm going to walk into this thing and I'm going to dominate because I've spent time in the presence of God, and so my accent reflects that. Peter and John, I love this story. We, we looked at it a few weeks ago, right? Here they are, they're walking, and then there's a crippled man begging, and he asks for money, and they say, silver and gold have I none, but what I've got I give to you in the name of Jesus Christ of Nazareth. Get up and walk. You know what they were doing in that moment? They were carrying faith in their accent for breakthrough. You know that when they speak to people, they know that God could do something in their situation. Or what about this one? Jesus at the party, they run out of wine, and his mother says, hey, go speak to Jesus. He's going to do a miracle. Do whatever he says. You know what? She carried an accent for miracles. Because she'd spent time with Jesus, she knew what he could do. And so her ac accent reflected who she'd spent time with. People should recognize the confidence of God in our accent. They should recognize the boldness in our accent, knowing that God could do something. So we go into that conversation without fear, without timidity, because we've spent time in the presence of God. They should recognize faith in our accent, that we have faith to believe for things that others don't, because we've spent time in the presence of God. When others are saying it's over, our accent says, oh, we're just getting started. When others say it's done, we say, uh-uh, our God is not done, He's not finished, and our accent's going to reflect one of faith because we've spent time in the presence. We need to speak life into those situations with our accent. We can recognize someone by their accent. Everyone say point number two. Your accent reflects where you've spent time. Does your accent re reflect time spent with God? Digging a well for spiritual authority, or does it Reflect time spent on Netflix. Stan. Alternative. Your accent reflects where you've spent time and who you've spent time with. We need to be intentional about the accent we carry this month as we go out into our workplace and, and we try to reach people. We invite them to carols and, and we take that step of faith. You know, um, I, I want to read a passage of Scripture to you for a moment. And uh, it's in Ezekiel. And I believe that it paints a prophetic picture, not just of, of then, but also now, the type of accent that we need to carry. Ezekiel chapter 37, it's talking about the vision uh, of dry bones that Ezekiel has. And it says that the Lord's power came on me. The Spirit of the Lord carried me out of the city and put me down in the middle of a valley. The valley was full of dead men's bones. 
And there were many bones lying on the ground in the valley. The Lord made me walk all around among the bones. I saw the bones were very dry. Then the Lord said to me, Son of man, can these bones come to life? I answered, Lord God, only you know the answer to that question. Then he said to me, speak to these bones for me. Tell them, dry bones, listen to the word of the Lord. This is what the Lord God says to you. I will cause breath to come into you. And you will come to life. I will put sinew and muscles on you, and I will cover you with skin. Then I will put breath in you, and you will come back to life. Then you will know I am the Lord. So I spoke to the bones of the Lord, as he said. Uh, as he said, I was still speaking when I heard a loud noise. The bones began to rattle, and bone joined together with bone. There before my eyes, I saw sinew and muscles begin to cover the bones. Skin began to cover them, but there was no breath in them. Then the Lord said to me, speak to the wind for me, son of man. Speak to the wind for me. Tell the wind that this is what the Lord God says. Wind, come from every direction and breathe air into these dead bodies. Breathe into them and they will come to life again. So I spoke to the wind for the Lord as he said, and, that, and the breath came into the dead bodies. Then came to life and stood up. There were many men, a very large army. Then he said to me, son of man, these bones are like the whole family of Israel. The people of Israel say, our bones have dried up, our hope is gone, we've been completely destroyed. So speak to them for me. Tell them that this is what the Lord God says. My people, I will open your graves and bring you up out of them. Then I will say, bring... Then I, sorry, then I will bring you to the land of Israel. My people, I will open your graves, bring you out of them, and then, I will, then you will know that I am the Lord your God. I will put my spirit in you, and I will come to life again. Then I will lead you back to your own land. Then you will know that I am the Lord. You will know that I said this, and that I made it happen. This is what the Lord God said. And what I find interesting in this moment, God spoke to Ezekiel through this prophetic vision, but it actually required Ezekiel to do something in it. See, Ezekiel had to take on the accent of God. He had to take on the accent of someone far higher than him, far more powerful than him, someone with more authority than him, someone with more wisdom than him, someone with more strength for breakthrough than him. He had to take on that accent for himself, and he had to begin to prophesy over that current climate. It says in verse 11, our bones have dried up, our hope is gone, we've been completely destroyed. Then God says, so speak to them for me. He says, I'll put my spirit in you and you'll come to life again. Do you know, for us, we're carriers of an accent that's actually being asked to speak into those dry situations in our community, into people in our world who, who are saying our hope is gone. We, we feel like we've got no chance left. And then God's saying, I want you to speak into that. I want you to prophesy into that. I want you to begin to speak hope. Their hope is gone, but you're going to go into that situation and speak hope. You know, here we see God showing Ezekiel how he wants to breathe new hope and new life into this group of people. And our accent needs to do the same thing here in today's climate, in today's community, into today's society. We need to speak hope. We need to take on the accent of the supernatural from our creator, our God, and prophesy into situations. It's about taking on the accent of where we spent time. You know, so often we spend time in the presence, and then we step out and we act as if none of that actually carries weight in the real world, but it does. Healing doesn't just happen in church. Breakthrough doesn't just happen in church. Salvation doesn't just happen in church. Yet we think it's the only place. We actually need to carry that accent into our everyday lives. 
Do you know, I can tell you what type of accent I want to have. I want to have an accent that reflects time spent in the presence of God. I want an accent that when I speak, stuff happens, things shift, things move because of the authority I carry carry from the time spent in the presence of God. I want an accent that I look out and not in. I I want an accent that that says, you know what, we're not going to look back, we're going to look forward. I want an accent of grace. I want an accent of forgiveness. I want an accent of hope. Your accent reflects where you spent time. Point number three tonight, my last point. You guys getting something out of this? Point number three is this. Our accent should be noticeable. Do people notice something different about you in your day-to-day life? Or do they just think you're just one of the people? Just another person at work? Another person... Any community, do people notice that there's anything different about you? Do they notice that you're Christian? Think about it for a second. This account we read at the start with Peter, it says, after a little while, those standing there went up to Peter and said, surely you're one of them. Your accent gives you away. Your accent gives you away. You know, um, one of the things I love to talk about when I'm preaching Sunday nights, one of my hobbies is, is diving. Right, another diving story. Oh, yeah, Dave dives, cool, awesome. Um, don't worry, I know what you guys are thinking. Um, but, you know, there was a Monday uh, earlier on, I wanted to go for a dive, and none of my friends were free to dive. They were all working, right? And, uh, and you know, I'd just done a course about safety with diving and breath holds, and they said, you always got to dive with a buddy, you know, just, you know, watch each other's backs, like safety first. So I'm like, well, I've got no buddies to dive with, but I really want to go for a dive. So, you know, I'm just going to get creative. I jumped on a Facebook group and uh, full of other divers. I'm like, hey, I'm going to go out. Does anyone want to come with me? Like, come on, let's have dive buddies, safety first. Some random guy replies back. He's like, yeah, I'll come. I'm like, awesome. Well, let's meet it here at this point, and, and we'll go together, and we'll go for a dive. I get there, and there he is, and we're kind of like, hey, are you the dude? You know when you're trying to meet someone you haven't actually met? And you're like, are you? And That's oh, <laughs> Hey, man, I'm Dave. Hey, I'm Peter. Shakes my hand. He's 21. Begins to tell me that he's married. And, I, and straight away, right, 21 and married, alarm bells. <laughs> Probably Christian. So I'm like, oh, you're married. I'm like, where'd you guys meet? Right, he doesn't know I'm a pastor, doesn't know I'm Christian. I'm just like, social experiment, right? I'm like, where'd you guys meet? And he's probably thinking, right, now's my time, right? I'm going to have an accent from heaven, supernatural accent. I'm going to reflect time spent from Sunday, right? I'm going to win this guy to Christ, right? So I'm like, well, where'd you guys meet? And, and he goes, oh, you know, we, I was volunteering at a local uh, community group, uh, working with youth, and, and my wife was doing that as well, and we kind of met there, and then before you know it, we were married. I'm like, that's awesome. I'm going to tell me more about this community group. <laughs> He's like, well, actually, we don't just work with youth. We, we work with people, like, for all stages of life. In fact, we work with people from birth through to death. We, we help them in every—we can help them succeed in any area of their life. We help them in their finances. We help them in their marriages. We help them with raising children. We, we really just—we just want to make sure that people are succeeding and living life to the full. That's what we do in our community organization. I'm like, this is amazing. I'm like, tell me more. Can I be involved? He's like, yeah, we do stuff on the weekends all the time. You're always welcome to come calm and and here's the thing in that moment man I was ready to get saved and I didn't I said to him like with my role in youth alive I know a lot of the pastors around the area and I just sort of dropped his pastor's name from the area is from I'm like oh do you know this guy and he's like wait are you and I'm like yeah I'm a Christian too man (laughs) and we had a great dive but what I loved about that dude was as he was as he was telling me about 
his community group <laughs> church. His language wasn't hooky-spooky. didn't drop no shundy-bundies, right? There's no Christianese. He was just real and open about who he actually was. And it translated in a way that didn't make me feel like I was getting invited to a cult. Didn't make me feel like I was being imposed on by the Johos knocking on my door, right? It just made me feel like this is normal and I want to be a part of it. It was an accent of faith, but it was also an accent that actually said, you know what, I'm a normal person, I'm not weird, and if you engage with me, it's not going to leave a bad taste in your mouth. I thought that was pretty cool. And why don't we have an accent around Christmas this year where we go into conversations with confidence, normality, not weird, saying turn or burn or any of that rubbish, right? But we just go into it and we say, hey, this is what I'm doing. Why don't you come along? I'm sure it'll be a great time. And, and then we see what God does. Wouldn't that be cool? Yeah. You know, Luke 4.18 says that the Spirit of the Lord is on me because He's anointed me to proclaim good news to the poor. He has sent me to proclaim freedom for the prisoners and recovery of sight for the blind to set the oppressed free. To proclaim the good news. You know, a proclamation is a public or official announcement dealing with a matter of great importance, a clear declaration of something. You know, my prayer as Christians is that we would bring a proclamation into our communities of great importance, of matters of the soul. If it's not us, then who? What proclamation as Christians are we making? What proclamation have you made? I want to challenge us as a church tonight that heading in to Christmas that we would be bold enough to actually bring a proclamation to those in our world, to bring an invitation, to actually take that step of faith and carry an accent that reflects our relationship with God. You know, before I finish, just reminded of those moments where you get a phone call and it's an unknown number, might say it's from like somewhere overseas and you answer the phone and there's a long pause. And when you get that long pause before someone speaks, you kind of just begin to go, what is this, right? And they, they, they answer, they're like, hey, is this Mr. Edgar? And they begin to tell you that they're a prince, they want to give you a million dollars. Or they begin to sell you cheap internet or, or try to upgrade your gas bill and all that kind of stuff. The moment you get that call, you switch off to what they're selling because you recognize them by their accent. You don't want what they've got to sell. You guys know what I'm talking about? Telemarketers, whatever it is. I hope that as Christians... We don't get to a point where people hear our accent and they switch off and they go, I don't want what they're selling. But that as a church, we would be people that when we speak, we're actually offering something of great value, of life-changing value. And we come into that conversation, not just trying to like land this thing, or, but we actually care about the person we're speaking to. We care about what we're saying. And we go into that with great wisdom, with great tact, knowing that, you know what? I don't want to burn this relationship in the long run. I'm just pushing force and force, but I'm actually going to go into this thing with faith that as I sow the seed, God's word doesn't return void and something will happen. You know what? It's not our job to judge people. It's God's job. In our conversations, we shouldn't bring judgment. We can't bring conviction. Only the Holy Spirit can bring conviction. We can't even save. Only Jesus can save. But what we can do is we can show the love of God. And what we should do is show the love of God in our conversations. And that's what God's called us to do, to show the love of God to others and actually sow that seed, then let Him water it. Let the Holy Spirit breathe on it. You know what? As we do that, I get amazed. I get excited about what God will do this December. 
Thank you for listening to this week's podcast from Faith Christian Church. To stay up to date, check us out at our website, faithcc.com.au.